Take your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We're going to continue uh, on our many, many series within the study on Romans on renewing the mind. Renewing the mind. I think this is the fourth lesson on this. Uh, Romans chapter 12, look at verse number 17. Romans chapter 12, verse number 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy be hungry, hunger, if thine enemy hunger, I'm sorry, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. It doesn't mean giving poison. Uh, for in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, look at me. God does not want us to be conformed to the world. He says in Romans chapter 12, verse number uh, 2, be not conformed to the world. That means let's not be in agreement with, let's not be looking like, let's not act like. Then he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means this, the renewing of the mind transforms us. That means being conformed to the world is a mindset. It is the flesh It is the natural man's mindset. And to live the way God wants us to live, we're not to live like our flesh or like the world says to live. And there's only one way to change that, and it is the renewing of the mind. And as I've said before, God never gives us a command that he does not give us the ability to obey. God will never ask you to do or tell you to do something that you cannot do. So God takes the rest of Romans chapter 12 and all of Romans chapter 13 and he goes through and teaches us what we need to change in our thinking and how we renew our mind. And we've been going through point by point all these things, uh, just going through it. And uh, tonight we're going to pick up with verses 17 through 21. They're all related. Uh, verses 17 through 21 is all related. And I want us to see what God has to say tonight about how we think about and how we deal with evil. How we think about and how we deal with evil. Now, let's jump right into it. First thought, or first statement is this. What is evil? What is evil? Evil isn't what you always think. It's not Scott's first name. Uh, <laughs> got the red shirt on tonight. I mean, I mean uh, now the word evil literally means a conspiracy to purposely hurt someone or ruin someone. Evil is when one or more people go together to destroy someone's reputation, to destroy, to destroy their leadership, to destroy their authority. You're trying to tear someone down. Destroy their reputation. So evil is not just uh, something that is light. Uh, Let me say this. All evil is sin. But all sin is not evil. The Bible says that sin is a transgression of a law. 
It is a trespass. Uh, how many of you have ever seen a sign that says no trespassing? Literally what that means is there's a property line there and without permission, you're not to cross that line. The word transgress or transgression means to cross over a line, cross over a boundary. And God says that sin is crossing over a boundary. It's crossing over a line we are not to cross over. That is sin. But evil is when you go in to destroy someone on purpose. Evil is much worse than sin. Now, sin's bad. Evil is worse. We think evil, well, that's got to be anything that's the devil. Well, sin is the devil also. So, but we have to understand uh, all sin is not evil, but all evil is sin and then some. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. Evil is much worse than sin, and evil is a plan to destroy someone. Let me give you a few illustrations. This is why gossip is evil. Gossip is somebody, well, I'm just telling the truth about somebody. Not everybody needs to know the whole truth. And usually it's only the truth as you see it. Or as you heard it from somebody who heard it from somebody who heard it from somebody who didn't even know what they were talking about. Gossip is spreading negative about someone to destroy that person. I was talking with someone recently and uh, the the statement comes up and it, it happens a lot, especially in southern churches. Oh, we have a prayer chain. The average church prayer chain is nothing but a gossip line. I wish it weren't that way, but that's what it turns into because it's unregulatable. It's unmanageable. And people left to themselves are going to turn it into that. You say, well, I didn't do it during that time. Well, you're sharing negative, and then everybody's going to insert their opinion about it as it goes farther and farther and farther down the line. If I spoke something in uh, Brother Randy's ear, and it went all the way around the room, by the time it got over here to Brother Jim, nobody would recognize what my initial statement was. That's exactly what happens with a prayer chain. Everybody starts inserting their opinions and, well, this happened because, oh, wait a minute, that wasn't part of it. And I'm not, a, I'm not saying that prayer chains are sinful. I'm just saying <clears throat> I don't plan on starting one because usually there's a lot of problems that go with it. And rather than put you in a situation where there's an opportunity to gossip, we just won't start it. Does that make sense to everybody? Uh, I don't listen to preachers gossip to each other about each other or about their church members. They want to talk about somebody, I'll hang up on them. I got more important things to do. You want to blow your stack about somebody, go blow it to somebody else. I got plenty to get done here. I don't need to listen to it. God says that rebellion is evil. When we go against authority... What we're saying is we, the follower, are better than the leader, and the leader doesn't know what they're doing, and I'm going to show everybody that the leader doesn't know what they're doing, and we've just crossed a line of evil. I'm going to make this statement. That's true about a child to a parent, a parent to another parent, a parent to a step-parent. That's true about someone, <laughs> that's true about your boss at work. We're not to cut down the boss. Guess what? If your name's not at the top of the stationery, shut up and do it the way they want it. 
say, well, I don't like it. Do it anyway. You accepted the job. My dad told me a long time ago, don't you ever complain about your salary. Don't you ever complain about your wages. At one time, you were excited about it and agreed to it. If you don't want to live by it, find another job, but don't complain about it. You were the dummy that accepted it. That was the exact term he used. Um, So, rebellion. Going against a teacher. Uh, when a student says, I know more than the teacher, they're, they're generally on a line of destruction. And they're trying to show that they know better than a teacher. Can I tell you something? <laughs> Let me see here. I don't have, do I have any sixth graders in here? Okay. Uh, do I have any seventh graders in here? Okay. A seventh grader doesn't know any more uh, than a three-year-old. They really don't. They just have more facts in their head, but they don't know how to use them anymore. In comparison to somebody that's been through college, been trained, been in the ministry, and done what we've done or what my wife or brother Anthony has been through in all their years, trust me, they don't know more than a teacher. My wife's taught for 20-plus years. There's no child in our school that will know more about educating themselves than she does. I hate to tell you this. There's not a person in this room that's educated as many people as she or I have. That's not arrogance, but maybe you ought to listen to somebody that's done this a while. But you don't understand. My child, yeah, I do. I've been in the school with them. I know them better than you do because they know how to deceive you. I was in there working with some of them today. I was working with one. I said, quit counting on your fingers. You know better than that. Uh-oh, I'm not telling anybody who it was. Say why, that would be evil. But you say, oh, not mine. My child's the exception. <laughs> That's exactly why they're not. You might think they are, but they're not. Um, <laughs> this is why tearing down leadership is evil. Be careful tearing down leadership. Now, I realize sometimes evil needs exposed at a, at a higher level. Uh, there's times I'll, I'll reference certain government entities, but that is so that I can train people not to vote those kind of people in, not to spread evil. I said something to my wife, and I said it to a couple people today. I said, I, wouldn't, I said to Brother Harry tonight, I said, I wouldn't wish this flu even on Nancy Pelosi. That's how bad it was. Now, he wouldn't remember he had it. Um, but uh, you say, why? Because I don't hate Nancy Pelosi. I hate what she stands for. I may not like her politically, but I, I, I have to respect her as a human being and someone for whom God chose to die for. Everybody doing okay? Now, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't be happy if she resigned or never got elected again. I would not be sad, not in the least bit, but I would not want her to die and go to hell without a chance to get saved. So uh, there's a fine line there. Does that make sense to everybody? Uh, By the way, (laughs) this is why someone who hurts people and doesn't care that they hurt people are evil. I know people who have absolutely no problem stomping all over everybody just to say what they want to say. 
just to get their point of view across. If you leave a trail of stomped, bloody, crying, weeping people because all you do is stomp on people, you're evil. I hate to tell you that. Well, bless God, I got to I'm the, yeah, there's better ways to lead than that. When you have to tear everybody down to lead them, if you've got to break them to lead them, then you didn't lead them, you just broke them. I'd hate to think the only way I could get people to follow me is if I forced them to. Is that really leadership? That sounds like Adolf Hitler. Joseph Stalin. No, uh, Biden just follows everybody else because he doesn't know where he's at. Uh, in other words, uh, it, it's kind of like that dog that you don't trust. Uh, that's not the animal I was thinking, but... <laughs> But you know, there are some there are some dogs you just don't trust them because you're not quite sure what they're going to do. They they're just mean enough. You're not you know the ones that don't bark till you walk past them. Those are the ones you worry about. Um, it's kind of like that bull that you don't trust, and he's big enough to do what he wants. Now I'm gonna probably get I can't get in trouble anymore. I don't live at home. But uh, there was a cross-eyed bull at one of the farms we used to go to, and we'd take our BB guns out there, and we'd sit on the fence, and three of us would sit on the fence, and I'd we'd shoot that bull with that BB gun, see if he could pick out one of us to hit, because he was so cross-eyed. There were six of us, not three, and he didn't know who he was hitting. It was just a game we played. Oh. Believe me, his, that BB gun, he barely felt it. He just made him mad is all it did. Now, kids don't suggest you do that, but I did it. And if my dad would have found out, I probably would have gotten what I deserved. Uh, but uh, when you've got to destroy people and, you, and you're not quite sure to trust them because all they do is hurt. Matter of fact, the Bible says if you have an ox or a, or a bull that gores people on purpose, you're to kill it. Well, what's the difference in a person that tries to gore people? That's what's wrong with our news media. Is all the news media does is throw accusation out there as fact. And the news media is trained to destroy people's reputation. And it's evil. It truly is. So, evil is a planned attack to hurt or to destroy someone. Everybody got that? All right, with that in mind, look at your Bible. Look at verse number 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of how many people? Okay, you sound like Methodist tonight. How many people? That's better. There we go. All men. God wants us to do right no matter what is done to us. God says, provide things honest, right, in the sight of all men. He didn't say when evil's not being done. He said, while evil's being done, provide things that are honest in the sight of all men. When we return evil to evildoers, watch this, then we become the evildoer ourselves. That's what the word recompense means. It means to pay back. To pay back evil for evil. 
everybody look at me. I'm about to make a statement that <laughs> might shock you. Just because you have a good motive doesn't make evil right. Just because you sincerely want to get the truth out, becoming evil to do it is not right. By the way, this goes against the flesh. This isn't what we normally want to do. Matter of fact, what we normally want to do is evil. Exposing evildoers because they hurt you is just as evil as the evildoer. Because you've turned it into something personal then. I've had evil done to me more times than I can count. But you'll never know who did it. I don't expose an evildoer. I may use an evil situation that was done, but nobody will know who that person was. One of the churches I worked in, I've told you some things about it. It was not a good situation. It was a bad situation. Do you know that you don't know what church that is? You don't know the name of the church and you don't know the name of the pastor? Matter of fact, my dad knows where it was, but he probably couldn't even give you the name of the pastor. Other than my wife and my father, nobody in this room would know who that was or where that was. You say, why? Because I'm not about to become evil to the evildoers. Everybody doing okay? And that was 32, 33 years ago. Uh, you say, but, but preacher, <laughs> I'm not telling you something that's easy. But if you want to live the transformed life and you want to renew your mind and not be conformed to the world, then you don't answer evil for evil at all. God wants us to do right and not play the victim or the martyr game. You're not special because you're under attack. Please do me a favor. If you're being attacked, don't tell everybody. Well, I'm just facing it. it just, you know what? When you start telling everybody what you're under, that's called gossip. Because you're wanting everybody to know who hurt you. Or you're seeking pity. Guess what? We all face it. Guess what? God didn't say you weren't going to face it. Not one time did God say if. He said recompense to no man evil for evil. He didn't say, if you have evil come to you. Sounds to me like it's going to happen. Everybody doing okay? All right, now hang in there. Now, <laughs> look at verse number 18. This will be point number two. You'll be happy. If it be possible, as much as lieth in who? Live peaceably with all men. Now look at me. God didn't say you would have peace with all men. He said, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. That means this. Uh, go to Romans, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5.
work better if I get in the right chapter. There we go. Matthew chapter 5, look at verse number 9. This is the first recorded sermon by Jesus. We don't know if it's the first one he ever preached, but first one recorded in Scripture. Look at verse number 9. Blessed are the what? Okay, hang on. Let's say it all together loudly. Ready? Blessed are the... Does it say blessed are those that give evil for evil? No, peacemakers. For they shall be called the who? Children of God. In other words, <laughs> he wants us to act like him, not like the evil people. Not like the people that are causing the lack of peace. And God says in Romans chapter 12, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. God said, if it be possible... Because everyone doesn't want to live peaceably. There are some people that you just can't get along with. But it doesn't mean you don't live peaceably. I've had a lot of enemies. The best thing for me to do is just back away from them. You don't poke the bear. You don't, well, I'm going to be nice and I'm going to be the big Christian. Yeah, you're going to be the big idiot too. Sometimes it's best to let evildoers to themselves. Don't try to be super Christian because under your shirt is not a big S. You'll have a big L on your forehead. Loser. I mean, uh, anyway, uh, you just have to understand something. There are some people that just don't want to be gotten along with. Mrs. Hand. Oh, God bless that poor wicked old lady. She was the crabbiest old coot you ever met in your life in a nursing home. Brother Anthony, I never met a woman this nasty in my life. You know, old people in a nursing home, best thing to do, get their attention, bring a baby, right? This, the first time I met this woman, she threw a glass of water in my face. Get out of here! I was just going to take her to the to the church meeting. Get out of here. I don't want to go to that blankety, blankety, blank place. And, ooh, man, she cussed me out. Guy running the meeting, he's down there with the nurses going, ha, 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 They knew what was coming. I didn't. I wised up. Two full years I tried to get close to that woman. I took my brand new baby there and said, Miss Hand, look at the, my, get that nasty thing out of here. I mean, you talk about a crabby old, you know, it was, no, nah, it was Jeff. <laughs> If it was Josh, I would have understood, but uh, it was Jeff. But uh, anyway, uh, she was just mean and nasty. I finally had enough, and I gave her what for one day. I probably shouldn't have, but I did. I ended up leaving that church to go work for Brother Hiles, and one of the men that was in in my Sunday school class took over that nursing home. And I I called Gene one day. He he called me, and he said, you're never going to guess. He said, I finally got through to Miss Ham. It's taken seven years. He said, I finally got into her room and found out why she's so cranky. He said, I got the gospel to her, Brother Bush. She got saved. Three days later, she died. Now, wait a minute. I did feel a little bad that I gave her what for. Not real bad, but I did. 
But here's a lady who is living. Nobody, you couldn't live peaceably with her. You tolerated her, but I could be at peace that I didn't have to wake up next to that. I could be at peace that I wasn't that way, but I just gave her a distance. She'd see me coming. She, That's all I'd do. I wouldn't even say anything to her. I'd just wave and smile. Now, wait a minute. I didn't go up to her on a weekly basis just to see. Say why? There was other people that needed help. I didn't need to get myself angry again. Once was enough. <clears throat> you have to understand something. Uh, uh, God says, as much as lieth in you. Say, well, preacher, I can't live with this person. Yes, you can. You can be peaceable. It doesn't mean that you have to live peaceably together. You see, living peaceably does not mean there's no opposition. Sometimes it means you're avoiding the opposition. There are people, there are a lot of people with whom I disagree that I still call my friends, but I haven't talked to them in 10, 15, 20 years. Say, why? (laughs) They've gone a different direction. And the only way to be peaceable is not to talk about things we shouldn't talk about. Because I know I'm going to blow up. I had a very dear friend. He was in a situation that was changing. And he called me and said, look, I want you to support this change. I said, you're an idiot. I said, don't call me back unless you can talk about things you know we're going to agree about because you know you're wrong doctrinally. About half a dozen years ago, I found out one of his adult children fell over dead with heart attack in a shower, 20-some years old. Just a freak accident. Somebody had given me his cell number. I texted him and said, Doc, I just heard. I just want you to know we're praying for you. I got a two-word answer back. Thanks, Craig. And that's all I've heard from him in probably 20 years. No more since, and that's okay. But I was living peaceably. Does that make sense to everybody? By the way, if he called me today and needed my help, I would help him. Say why? Because I'm his friend. Now, if he's going to talk doctrine that's wrong, we're not going to talk. I'll hang up on him. Say why? Because I'm going to live peaceably. I'm not going to lose my temper over what we disagree about. You see, that's what God's talking about here. There are a lot of people I disagree with. But I can still be peaceable with them. I just avoid those things we disagree about. Number three. got to hurry here. Look at uh, verse number uh, 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not... What's the next word? Okay, look at me. Don't make it personal. But rather give place... Unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Now, the word avenge is a very interesting word. It means to inflict harm to someone who did you harm. In other words, they hit me, so I'm going to hit them. That's avenging. Some of you may disagree with this, but just because somebody hits you doesn't mean you have the right to get in a fight. 
say, well, bless God. I know what you were told, but you could be told wrong from a child too. Now, there's a difference in defending yourself. Just because you've been hit or slapped once doesn't mean you're in a fight. God says, turn the other cheek. So before you get too wound up here, let's take it all the way scripturally. God never says not to get angry, though. Let's look at the verse again. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. Okay, look at me. Uh, School started. Uh, Place. That word place, it's like doing mathematics. You have a ones column, tens column, hundreds column. Thousands, ten thousands, hundred thousands, etc. Everything has to have its place. If you're multiplying by two or three different numbers, and if you get them out of place in your multiplication, your entire problem's wrong because you got it out of place. Most people mess up mathematics because they're too sloppy and too lazy to put everything in line. If you keep everything in line and you do it neatly, mathematics is one of the easiest things you can do. Now, when you start throwing letters with numbers, that's dumb. Don't mix English and math together all in the same page. Dumb, 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 dumb. Now, uh, that's just the way it is. Now, uh, you have to understand something. God never says not to get angry, but we're not to react in anger. He said, give place unto wrath. That means this, anger is appropriate at its right place, in its right spot. Not just because you feel it coming. Not just because somebody pushed your button. Everybody doing okay? All right, turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. I love you. Ephesians chapter 4. We just went from preaching to meddling, didn't we? Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse number 26. Now I want you to notice what God says here, not preacher. Be ye what? Angry. And sin not. Now look at me. That means you can be angry but not sin. So there's got to be a way for us to be angry and not sin. But that also means there's a way to be angry and sin. Now watch this. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give what? Place to the devil. Oh, do you remember what we read in Romans chapter 12? Give place unto wrath. Huh. Now. Skip down and look at verse number 30. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and what? Wrath and what? Anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all. What's the next word? Now look at me. What is malice? Malice is an intent to hurt somebody. Malice is, oh, I'm in an argument with my wife, and since I'm mad, I'm going to bring up what what made her mad last time. I'm going to really strike back. 
I'm going to hit where I know she's going to cry. That's called malice. Ladies, that's using the same line over and over. Well, you're just like your father. Well, no kidding. I'm also just like my mother. What's the problem with that? You chose it. Here we go. The fight's on, amen? Uh, No, Uh, with all malice. Look at verse number 32. And be ye what? Kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Now, listen to this very closely here, and I'm going to help you with your your temperament here. (laughs) The purpose for anger is not to hurt or retaliate. It is to prevent Anger is there to prevent wrongdoing, not because of wrongdoing. You see, we use anger because somebody did wrong, and we get angry about it. No, you ought to get angry before the wrongdoing to prevent wrongdoing from happening again. Everybody got that? You see, the purpose is not to hurt somebody with anger. There was times I got angry with my children, but it was planned anger. They knew that if they talked back to their mother, they were going to get punished. I got angry because of what they were doing to their mother. If they got in trouble at school or talked back to the teacher or something, they were going to get punished at home. Say, why? Because not only did it make me angry, but it was to prevent this when they get a job someday and had to look a boss in the face and lose their, lose their job because they couldn't control their mouth. It was a preventive maintenance. It was not a breakdown maintenance. It was not for me to get angry at them because they offended me. When you start getting angry because people offended you, guess what? You've not given the right place to anger. Reacting in anger is unplanned. God said, give a planned place to anger. Anger is supposed to be premeditated. That sounds funny to you. Uh, (laughs) When we react in anger, unplanned, we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to control us. We're letting our anger control us. Now, every once in a while, the reaction is going to be planned to be so. I had a student one time in a school. I tried everything. For about a year and a half, this this student, they were just, uh, they were beyond evil. And I had done everything that I possibly could. I sat in a meeting with my pastor and I said, look, when this person does something like this again, I've done this, I've done this. And I went through the list of everything I had done to try to correct the behavior. I said, and it's taken 18 months. I said, I'm at my wit's end. I want your permission that when we cross this line again, I'm going to come unscrewed. I said, I don't know how else to get their attention. But I want you to know, I want you to write it down. I want you to put today's date on it. I want you to keep it in your desk because I know when I do that their parent is going to come to you thinking I mistreated their child. 
I said, I already know what the reaction is going to be. I said, you know it, so do I. He wrote it down, put it in the desk drawer. Sure enough, about three weeks later, the line was crossed. And I came unscrewed for about three minutes. It's only the, I think the second, I think it's the only second of two times in my ministry I ever raised my voice. But I let them have it for about two and a half or three minutes. And I mean, I did it good. It was planned. I had every word planned. I got done. Eight o'clock the next morning, my phone rang in my office. It was the pastor. He said, I have so-and-so's parent in my office. Could you meet me over here? I said, be glad to. I already know what the conversation was going to be. I walked across. I knocked on the door, walked in. He sat down, and she wouldn't look at me. I thought, oh, bristled her britches good, didn't I? And he started to say something. I said, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. He said, is that how it happened? I said, yes, sir. He said, okay. He opened the desk drawer. I knew it was in that desk drawer. She didn't. And he looked at that mom and said, ma'am, I'm going to read from a piece of paper. Right there it is. It's got a date on it. He read the date to her. He said, Brother Bush told me three weeks ago this is exactly what he was going to do the next time that took place. He said, Brother Bush, did you say this? I said, yep. Did you say this? Yes, sir. Did you say that? Yes, sir. Did you say this? Yes, sir. Did you say anything else? One more thing. I said this. He said, good. That should have been said. He said, thank you. Have a good day. Go back to work. And then for the next half hour, he tore into Mama for a while. And then there was a knock at my door to apologize. He made her realize it was planned. It was not a reaction. I knew what I was going to do. I had tried not to do it for so long. I didn't react in anger. I had planned it. That is exactly how we're to plan anger. When we react in anger, guess what? The Holy Spirit's not in control. God says, be a kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. When we explode all the time, guess what? You're not under the control of the Holy Spirit. You're under your anger. And your anger is misplaced. It's out of place. It's wrath, and it's not spiritual. So, well, I just get so angry. Then get alone with God and get it under control and get the Holy Spirit controlling it. You see, our anger is not to be for revenge or vengeance. Is that not what Romans 12 says? Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. You hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you. That's real big boy stuff. That sounds like two kids in the sandbox. You threw sand at me, I'm going to throw it back at you and I'll throw more. That's where most marriages come into all their spats. Boy, that's good stuff. Moving on, I have one more point. Look at verse number 20. 
Therefore. Now, remember, therefore means go back before and see why it is therefore. So because of verse 17, 18, and 19, therefore. If thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. In so doing, thou shalt heat coals of fire on his head. Now watch this next statement. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Now look at me. God does not say you have to do good to the evildoer. Matter of fact, most of the time it's not wise to do good to the evildoer while evil is happening. Avoid it. You go do good and get your focus off of the evil and get your focus on doing good. And in the doing of good, you get the strength to not be overcome by the evil that's being done to you. You see, God does not say to, he says, be not overcome of evil. The word overcome means overwhelmed. It means overpowered. And, oh, you just don't understand, preacher. It's just so, uh, that means you've just let evil overcome you. Evil ought to bounce off of you like a Nerf dart. Bink! Okay. Don't let it overcome you. Uh, Don't let it consume you. Focus on doing good. Don't focus on the evil. Because while you're standing for good and doing good, and you're, you're not focusing on the evildoer. See, the evildoer clamors so that he gets attention. That's why he made it personal to draw you out. Because all they're doing is trying to get more attention. You'll heap coals of fire on their head if you just take it. Did you ever try to fight somebody that wouldn't fight back? It's no fun. You remember in school that girl you'd pick on and she wouldn't say anything? She wouldn't do anything? You quit picking on her. It's the ones that always, ah, ah, ah. Those are the ones that are slow-moving targets, amen? Uh, and I'm going to say some things here, so hang on. Focus on the doing of good, not focus on the evil. When you start focusing on the evil, you become overcome of the evil. Then your anger gets involved, and your anger's out of place, and then it starts divulging from there, and then you become as evil as the evildoer. So start doing good and not evil. Now watch this. This is why listening to rock music, country music, most of your video games, especially violent ones, are, should not be your go-to when, when evil comes. Because all you're doing is adding evil to evil. Listening to some guy in a bar talking about how he's cheating on his wife is not good stuff. Listening to the filth of rock music and the Satan's words is not good stuff. When you're already trying to not be angry, how about you listen to the right things? Uh, Instead of uh, taking your anger out on a video game and killing something on a screen and being just as evil as the person trying to attack you, how about you start doing some good? You see, God did not say he would keep you from evil. Matter of fact, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 13 says uh, that he, we ought to pray to deliver us from evil. Hmm. Not keep us from evil, deliver us from evil. 
You see, you're not going to stop all evil attacks. It's, it, it's not possible to get through life. If it is, you haven't done anything. But if you're going the right direction, evil is going to come. It may come from family. It may come from friends. It may come from people that you've known and loved for a long time. But may I say this, you just keep doing right. I'm fixing to go into a situation where I thoroughly expect a couple friends of mine to possibly separate from me. Guess what? I don't care. I'm going to do right, and I'm going to do right by God. Everybody doing okay? You say, but, but preacher, what is it? None of your business, because I'm not going to be evil. You say, does it, does it, will it hurt? I didn't say it wouldn't hurt, but I'm not going to let it stop me from doing good. I got to quit. I know what I just taught you is 180 degrees from what our flesh and the world teaches. Literally. It is polar opposite of what you've been taught, raised to be, and think your whole life. But it's what God said. I didn't say it was going to be easy to do either. It's not what our flesh wants. But God shows us what he wants us to think, how he wants us to think. And if we'll renew our minds, by the way, can I tell you something? If you do it, eventually some of the evildoers become your friends again. Brother Jim, I had somebody that used to do evil to me, called me this week for some advice. I was able to help him. He texted me tonight before church and said, had success in this, thanks. That's someone who used to do evil. But because I didn't do evil back, guess what? I want him back as a friend. Hot diggity dog. When you get to that level, you're going to start enjoying life. Uh, that's one out of many that didn't come back. It's not easy, but it's God's way, and God's way is always right. You say, well, preacher, I disagree. I don't care. You've got to take that up with God. Is all I did is tell you what God said. You're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing that way. Is all I did is show you what the scripture says. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. We are to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Let's not be conformed to the world and how we think about evil.